Yes, 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 yes. We're going to have an opportunity here given our war chest offering. As you know, the war chest investment is in different projects and needs around the world. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, on this platform, I interviewed Basil Hicks and Oni from Fiji. And when in doing that, I think you saw and heard the ministry that they're doing up along the coast, uh, around Valley, uh, the Native American culture there. They've been serving there for several years. Um, Basil and Casanita, his wife, uh, they spent 18 months living in a tent on the property to serve those people in that cold, cold weather up there. And somehow, by the grace of God, they survived. Uh, and, and that ministry is now beginning to thrive because they just stayed with it consistently over the years. And we have been working with them and uh, the immigration lawyer to make sure that they get their immigration status taken care of. And we're right at the point where now we're getting their R1 visa, which is a religious workers visa. And, uh, but we need, to, we need to invest in that and, and, and pay for the cost of that. We have one more step after that, and we'll be talking about that in the next year or so as we go along. Uh, and that would be to get him his green card so that they can just come and go from Fiji, and, and it would be just wonderful. And it's a lot of work. I've got to tell you, it's a lot of work. And our team, uh, Paris, is an amazing administrator as well as worship leader, and she's been working hard to make sure that that happens. But now we get to pay for it. And so that's what our war chest is all about this morning. We get to invest in that couple and what they're doing up there in that uh, difficult field, but now a field that is really beginning to produce, and we're seeing great results there. So that's our privilege today. Uh, thank you for coming prepared to invest in the nations, uh, because, you know, the nations are right here too. They are everywhere. So thank you so much for your generosity. We, uh, we received a war chest offering now, three weeks ago, uh, uh, was it then? Sure, it was first, first of last month or second week of last month, I don't remember. Uh, to help uh, get the school started, and uh, thank you so much for your generosity. What a blessing it was to be able to send Oni back so she could start the school there, take care of her airfare, and, take, and send her in style. And uh, then uh, to, to get the other schools off and running this year as... Uh, this is, what, this is where we invest. This is what we do. Let me just give you a real quick. I, I've never had it this early, so I don't, this is wonderful. Uh, we, uh, we changed the way we invested in the nations many years ago because we felt like we didn't know the people that we were investing in. They didn't know us. We didn't have real relationship with them. We felt we wanted to build where we had relationship and build where we could build. Or we can make a difference. There's three criteria. One, that we are captivated by a people group or a nation. Secondly, that we have favor in those places. Unusual God favor in those places. And thirdly, that we feel like we can make a difference. Those three things are important to us. And so we don't invest in a lot of places around the world. In a lot of missionaries around the world, we, we strategically invest in certain places. We were going into Fiji every year and doing a, a week-long or 10-day school. And that people would get so excited and they'd, get, they'd be doing the stuff and all of that stuff, we come back next year and they didn't even remember what we'd done. We weren't building. Because there wasn't a culture there to support that. 
So the Lord said to us, you've got to build a culture there. You have to go and build the culture so that when, when you're not there, they are, they are still building the culture. And so that's why we began schools there and now schools in the Philippines. Just give you a little bit of background, right? And that's what we're trying to do up on the North Coast to build a culture that is counterculture to what the enemy wants to do among those people, right? So let's stand. We get to stand one more time. It's exercise time. Listen, one of the things I learned in physical therapy, getting my knee back in shape after surgery, is this. Movement is life. Movement is life. So you get to stand again. You can dance if you want to. I don't care what you do. But let's get ready to give our war chest offering here. Lord, thank you that we have the opportunity and privilege to partner with you around the world. And Lord, we declare that what we see in this building is not at all the full scope of the impact we have around the world. So thank you for that privilege and honor. And we give now to invest in your people. Amen. 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 All right. Just, uh, yeah, some giving music. Come on. Some giving music. You can also give online, you know. God bless you. Uh, back in uh, November or so, we released this book called We Have Decided. Based on seven prophetic words that were given to us by Ivan, Ivan Tate. We've been declaring those from time to time. And here's the deal. We don't do this just like this is the spice of the month. Right? It's not the chef's special. These are words declared among us that we need to follow up on and live on and live with. And we virtually gave this book away. Many of you have this book. You paid a dollar for it. And uh, with the promise that you would read it. I'm holding you to that promise. I, I encourage you to pick the book up again if you haven't read it. If you have read it, read it again. I, uh, I have a friend, friend of mine uh, who uh, we connected through my first book, The Decisions That Define Us. 
And uh, he, we gave this book out at our um, or not, Kingdom Connections, where leaders come from all over the United States and, and meet here. And we gave it to them. And he said, I, I read it. It was in October. He said, I read it when I got it. And I just thought, yeah, it's a book. I said, well, that's encouraging. <laughs> and he's, but then this is just like a month ago. He said, I picked it up again. And I read it and it's changing my life. Wow. The timing is everything, right? And that may be the fact, you may have read it and go, well, it's okay, it's a book. Pick it up again. I, I, I read it. I sat right down here Friday morning from 8 9 o'clock. By the way, you can join us 8 9 o'clock on Friday. There's prayer right in this room. We pray over these seats. We pray around the place. And then at 10 o'clock every other, every other week? First and third Friday, there's prayer in here from 10 to 11. And you're welcome to come. I encourage you to do so. Fill the house with prayer. I sat right there during the prayer time and read. I read the entire book in a half hour. And I have to, I have to admit that we put it out because we believed we were supposed to. And I thought this will be a book that will just, you know, have a very short shelf life. I sat there and read it and wept. And said, this is a dang good book. It has something to say to us. So, so here's what we're going to do. So for some of you who don't like to read, and I, I get that, but it's, it's really short chapters, so men, you can handle it. <laughs> but here's what we're going to do. Uh, over the next one, we're going to start one, one time a week, we're going to release a podcast of a chapter for eight, eight weeks, because there's an introduction, and then there'll be the seven chapters, one, one chapter at a time. And Ryan and I will be speaking that into a podcast that we'll release in our uh, This Week at the Mission that comes out on Monday every week. Now, if you do not get This Week at the Mission in your email, you can sign up for it on our website, look under Connections, and, uh, or you can fill out a Connect card in the Pew Pew. Then that's old. <laughs> Tells you how old I am. In the chair in front of you. Okay, and you can uh, fill that out and get it, just put it in the offering, just hand it to an usher, put it at, at the desk out in the foyer, and uh, you'll, you'll get signed up for that this week at the mission, and we will, we will put a link in that for you to listen to the podcast every week for eight weeks. Okay, we're going to start in about two or three weeks, so we'll let you know when that's about to happen for those of you who don't know how to read <laughs> or don't like to read. Or I'll tell you this, one of the things I've discovered, I just started listening to uh, books on tape, you know? Huh? Audio books, thank you. (laughs) This is good. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Audio tapes. And I I find that I hear them, I I understand them differently than when I read them. So I encourage you to, to take advantage of that, pass it on to other people. It's not about selling books. Listen, we gave this book away, and I'll give it away again. I don't care. But I believe in the message. And it'll be good for this house to have this message. We cannot afford to receive a prophetic word and not act on it. That when we believe it's the house's word, if we, and I don't mean just leadership, 
It's not about the leadership doing it. it is, they got to do it too. By the way, half our leadership's out sick today. So I thought the worship team did amazing. They did amazing. It was a great team. Great team. And they, and they didn't get sick doing it. I mean, it's like, God is good. Okay, so th- we have decided. If you don't have it, there's still a few copies in the bookstore. Um, and we're going to bring in some more copies in case those of you who do like to read and don't have it, you can get it. All right. Oh, Jesus, help us. Whew. We sang some dangerous songs this morning. Jehovah Sneaky was in the room. I don't know if you knew what you sang. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Who? We want control. We want control. Come on. And we're singing, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. It's like, I want more of you guys. Then we sang fire fall, wind come blow. And we think that's just going to be this nice little fire fall, wind come blow. The breezes of Hawaii. We're ready for more. Break down the walls. Push back the doors. We're ready for more. We've heard the revival stories of ancients and old time glory. Spirit of God, come do it again. Oh, come on. Do you realize what you sang this morning? You declared that into the atmosphere. You declared it into the heavens. Hell heard your voice this morning. Are we really ready for that? Do we really want that? Are we wholehearted toward that? Look at Philippians. Thanks for singing those songs this morning. Didn't know you were going to sing them. They work really well. We'll sing them again here in a few minutes. uh, Wherever you are worship team they're, they're there and oh about out with the youth maybe huh youth out no Ryan's looking at me like dad you're supposed to know all this stuff I know but you do it all now so I don't have to I'm old thank you I just so less one person Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. This is Paul. He says, Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Focus on verse 14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press 
toward the goal. Paul is painting a word picture here of the runner in a race. And this runner is so absolutely captivated by the race that everything in his body, everything in his mind, every part of his emotion is all focused in one direction. Everything about him is pressing towards the mark. The hands are moving. The legs are churning all that they can. The heart is pounding, pumping blood through the system. The mind, he's not thinking about what he's going to have for dinner. He's not distracted by those in the stands. He's not waving. Hi, everybody. He's so focused. His eyes are on the goal. His body, every absolutely, he is wholeheartedly pursuing why he was on the racetrack. This is why I'm here. This is what I'm going to do. I'm aiming at that goal. Do you you get the picture? It's an amazing picture of absolute wholehearted endeavor. Wholehearted pursuit. He says one thing that's interesting. He says, forgetting that which is behind. It's important that we understand how to keep the past in perspective. And that's really what Paul is saying here. Paul is not saying we have to just block it all off. You can't. If you do, that's unhealthy. Right? They call that amnesia. Right? What he's saying is, let's have the past be in perspective. Because there are things in the past that are so important for our present and our future. There are foundational thing that God, things that God lays in our, in our past, that laid in our past, that we're to stand on and reach higher from those places. And there are things that God has done in our world that we can look back and say, wow, that is wonderful. And we grow from those things and we, we get hope from those things. It's like, like David who said, I killed the bear and I killed the lion. He's thinking back to his past, but he's also looking to the future. That giant's going to fall too. And so we, 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 in this race that we're running with our entire body, our wholeheartedness going forward, we put the past in perspective because the past is important. It really is important because the past has value. It also has cost. <laughs> Come on. You are, you're, you are where you are today because you paid a price somewhere along the line to be there. There's cost involved. And here's, here's the issue that often happens to us is because of the cost to get where we are, we settle. I'm not sure if we're going to pay the price again. Dad, why don't you come on up? I want my wife to join me. She's... Very happy to do this this morning. You're going you're gonna to sit down before you fall down. So, I want to talk about 
I want, to talk, I want to look both ways this morning. I want to look back, but I also want to look forward. I asked a question of myself, and, and I think of the Holy Spirit, about why is it that what we're seeing on the college campuses right now, not why is God doing that, that's not my question. The question is, why does that so stir my heart today? Why does that so activate something in me that cries out for the more? And I feel like I got an answer, and I think it's this, because those of us who have been in past moves of God, and let me just simply say, God is always doing something. He's still healing people. He's still reviving people. He's still rescuing people. He's still building up people. He's still, he's still doing his thing through his people. But when there is a move of God, we call it awakening or revival, whatever you want to call it, when that happens, it, it ups the ante and it, it explodes it and it puts it in your face and it takes it to another whole level and it catches people's attention at a different, a different place. And when we've been part of the past movements, I've lived long enough to have been through several of them. I remember the healing revivals. My mom and dad would take me to the tent revivals when I was a little kid. And I remember the charismatic renewal where the Holy Spirit went, swept through the Catholic Church all the way up to the Pope. I remember those. And I remember the Jesus movement. How many of you saw the movie? When you watched it, what happened to you? Something stirred inside of you, right? Stirred inside of you. And then, then we had the privilege of being a part of what's called the renewal or the, the, the Father's love. And the reason this, what God's doing now is stirring me is because I know what those moves do in people's lives. I know how it transforms individual people. How it breaks the back of poverty in people. How it releases them from demonic oppression and possession. We've seen it time and time and time again. I remember we were over in the other, this place wasn't built yet, and we were over in the other building and just one of those Friday nights where God was just doing his thing. We have people over here getting healed, people over here getting delivered, people over here worshiping. I was just, the, 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 it, was, it was glorious chaos. And I heard this loud scream of a man. Our son Jeremy came over and said, Dad, there's nothing like the cry of a man set free. There's nothing like the cry of a man set free. And we could tell stories 24-7 of what God has done. And so when we see these things taking place now, something lights up inside and cries out like we sang this morning, come do it again. And not just everywhere, do it right here. But there is a price. Revival, awakening, move of God is not neat. It's not neat. 
Ask those that were on the day of Pentecost. Absolute chaos. Holy chaos. People say, well, you've got to be neat and in order. Well, that's God's order. Take a look at Acts chapter 2. That's God's order. But it's costly. It takes your time. It takes changing your, your schedules. Dealing with broken people. Setting people free who, are, who want, to, want to hurt you because of the demonic force that's in them. And you have to put your arms around them and love the hell out of them. It's costly. And when I look at that picture of Paul, that Paul presents of running with everything absolutely wholeheartedly, I have to say, what about now? When, when, when renewal hit, Deb was resistant. She really was. Because she, she'd gone through the death of her father and all kinds, and she just didn't want to have anything to do with people falling down and getting back up the same way they fell down. But I looked at it and I said, if that's God, then I want to know. I want to experience it. And God worked in her heart and we went together. We, we, jumped all, we jumped all in. A friend of mine said years ago, he said, you and Deb, you just stood at the edge of the cliff and looked down at the river that was way down there and you didn't hesitate. You took hands and jumped. And that's what we did. We did it as a church. But what about now? Are you of that same heart? It's going to look different. I pray it looks different. But it's still not going to be neat. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll be very tidy. That's not been my experience. <laughs> Anything Holy Spirit does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on. Share your heart. Um, staff devotions on Thursday we were just you know all sitting around in the lobby there at the offices and worshiping just as we normally do and I was just lost in worship again and I'd like to say just minding my own business um And all of a sudden, I just saw kind of a video play in my mind's eye, or however you say that. And it was, um, the picture was me um, walking. I'm trying to describe what it kind of looked like. It's it's almost like if there was a big uh, vinyl screen, um, and I it was printed out of different seasons, you know, like of the year 
And um, like the background where I was, there was this very straight line, and I was about to walk past that screen and go to the next season. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going into a new season. And um, I noticed I didn't look super excited. <laughs> um, almost in a daze in a way, but determined, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk into this next season. And as I was watching this, me walk past these different screens, um, going into the next season, I saw something running after me and, um, it was comical, but not funny. It was, a uh, my heart or a heart but a big, fat, red, like a candy heart, kind of like a heart you would see on a commercial if it's advertising something for your heart, you know what I mean? And it had little skinny arms and legs, you know what I mean? A big, fat heart, but like a person heart? I don't know. Yeah, and it was running after me. Um, And I just heard, um, like, wait for me, you know? Don't go, don't go without me. And I realized that's why I kind of looked not super, I didn't look anything. I just looked kind of dazed, not excited, not sad, not anything. But I was just like, okay, I'll go into this new season. But my heart was chasing after me. And there was a chunk um, out of like, what would be the shoulder of the heart? I don't know. There was a part missing. And, um, and he said, I, I really need you uh, to go into this next season with your whole heart. Amen. But see, we don't know our heart. You know what I mean? We, um, we think we do sometimes, but we really don't know our heart. And I'm like, well, what's missing, you know? What's that chunk? Is it disappointments? I don't know. I all week since then, I've been like, God, what? Help me with this, because I don't even know. You know, why am I not wholehearted? And um, I think it can be different things. I think it can be, you know, our past where we've had loss and you know grief, and and there can be a hesitancy to jump off that cliff again. You know what I mean? Like, Lord, do I have it in me? I don't know. Do I have it in me to really be all in again? You know? Like, my God, I just turned 70 for everything. You know what I mean? It's just, really, that was 25 years ago that we just made such a radical, you know, choice to change everything in our life. And, um, so I don't really have, um, I don't really have any, a lot of words or understanding, honestly. And that's why when Dave asked me, I'm like, oh, all I'm doing is crying. I just, um, but I know he wants to heal our hearts. He's got to, he will, he's, he's ready to heal our hearts. Um, but I actually think we have to be aware or at least ask him, what is it that's missing, you know? Why am I not full-hearted? 
And I think that can be some of similar things, and it can be very different things. I feel like for me, part of it is 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 repentance of like, have I just let myself settle for, for a while, you know? But I don't, I mean, I think we have to be willing to ask that question, you know. If I'm not wholehearted, Lord, then what is it that needs to be healed? What is it that needs to be restored? So I really can run into the new season with a full heart, a whole heart. I think it's the question. It is the question Proverbs says that out of the heart flows all the issues of life. That means everything is rooted and founded in in our heart. And if our heart is unhealthy or if our heart is divided or wounded or hurt, there's so many descriptions in scripture of hearts that are unhealthy. And if we're not willing to ask the question, we'll never discover. That's why I talked about repentance last week. As we're awakened to the condition, it's not about, and I said it last week, it's not, it's not just about turning away from that. It's about turning into him because he's the healer. He's the healer. And he'll hit different things in each of our hearts. When I first started praying about what God's doing right now, listen, don't be fooled by what you hear. They've stopped the revival at Ashbury. No, no, no. No, no. It's like this thing, it goes like this, and then it goes, you know, when you go on a roller coaster, and you start going down, you start picking up speed, picking up speed, and then you really get to go higher again. That's what's happening. But as I, as I was praying for it, you know, my heart has got to do it here. We as the mission were so willing to host that, host the presence in a way that was hard for people in this city to, to understand. It's not that they, they don't love Jesus, they just didn't understand. And in that lack of understanding, opposed what God was doing here. They just didn't know. It's okay. But every time I went to pray, the Lord would say, what are you going to do if I decide to start the move in Vacaville in a church that opposed you before and not in yours? How are you going to respond to that? Well, I I had an answer. But it took a while. And it's not God do it anywhere. Just get it going. Just get it going. Get it going. I had a, a very unusual night last night 
not going to try to fully explain it because there's some things that I, I heard the Lord say in it that is not for public consumption yet. But it was, it was a time where I, I, would, I would think of an issue or think of a question about the church, about our lives, about our finances, about personal finances, about our kids, about all the, and I would just, they would just pop, the question would just pop up in my mind and, and I would hear his answer. Very brief, very cryptic, actually. You know, not very, not very well worked out. Like, you know, we want to know everything. But he had something to say about here. I'm excited. I asked him, what's it going to look like? He gave me word. I'm not going to share it. Because if I do, then it's like, that's what you're going to look for. Right? You'll, you'll hear it. You'll hear it in your own spirit. I just, I just ask you to just be open. Be vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. Michelle spoke two weeks ago. What a vulnerable message. It's, she, she was positioning herself the way we need to be positioned. She was demonstrating for us how to walk this out. And you say, well, that's just about the church. What about me? Well, there, it, it is about you. It's about your family. It's about your kids, your grandkids, your mom and dad. It's about having a level of presence in the house that when people walk in, they are absolutely gobsmacked and walk out a different person just because they've been in the house. Your house. Your house. I remember coming back in those months, we'd sit down with a couple over dinner. And we were just going to visit. And God would show up at the table. And we're crying, they're crying. They hadn't been where we'd been and they didn't, hadn't experienced what we had experienced. But we were just, like Ryan said, so full of the glory that it just spilled out. And the, the meal didn't matter. And for me to say that, I'm telling you. So I have, I have a little bit of a vision that God gave me in the night of what this is going to look like. We just need to be vulnerable and open and ready and wholehearted. Something I was thinking, as I was thinking about this this morning, I remembered after I had that experience in, um, during devotions, um, the song that started playing right after that was, was it, I'm not sure what it's called, but Lord, let your glory fall as on that ancient day. And, and the, the, the sentence, it said, um, help me, maybe you can't say, um, to show that we would love the same, let our hearts sing the song, Lord, let your glory come. And for me, it was like I didn't understand at all um, about my heart. But I knew that one thing, that as long as I was willing for my heart to sing that song, you know, Lord, let your glory come, then it was going to be okay. Like, we'll figure it out, I guess. 
And so I just want to, you know, leave that with you too, is, is if we're willing to let our love for the Lord be, just let our hearts sing that song. Lord, let it be. Let your glory come. Because when his glory comes, then things do change. They do. You know, we can't, I mean, it wasn't my experience that it was my choice necessarily to like, oh, yeah, let's change that in me. Let's change that. You know, I'm up for that. No, it was like him putting me on my face and asking me, are you ready for that to change? So it is a, it's a partnership, but I think the one good decision I made was I was so desperate. I was so desperate uh, for God to do something in my life. Um, Then I I just stopped caring what it looked like, you know, or what it was going to cost or how that meant that I was going to have to change. Uh, Right. So I think, you know, it's, it's deep and wide, but it's not complicated. It's just, God, let our hearts sing the song. Let your glory come. Just let it come. Sing it again. Bring it again. Bring it again. So we just say, Lord, give us the courage, Lord, for our hearts to sing that song to you. Just like in those ancient days when the priests were overcome with your glory. And they couldn't even do what they were supposed to do, what they were taught to do, what they were trained to do, what their whole lives really were um, directed and purposed to be. Then they just fell down and worshipped you and were overcome by your presence. So I just pray that over each of our hearts. Worship team, would you come up, please? That no matter what the condition of our heart is, what chunks are missing or damaged or just not working, you know, I think there's just like some hearts, there's just places in our hearts that we just have let stop beating and stop being. So, Father, we just ask for your mercy and your grace to give us courage to just say, let it come. Whatever it looks like, whatever it costs, just let us sing that song of let your glory come. Several years ago now, I woke up early in the morning and the Lord said, are you willing to risk it all again. I said yes after asking him a lot of questions. Like what does all mean? <laughs> what does risk mean? And the way we risked it all during renewal is different than the way I've had to risk it all in the last few years. It's different. And it's been costly. But I think he's asking that again. Because it's all or nothing. 
You want to see your family come to Jesus? It's all or nothing. You want to have influence in your workplace to bring righteousness in? It's all or nothing. It's just all or nothing. I look around, I see, I see so many faces that went through the renewal with us. This you can't do without friends. <laughs> and we need moms and dads in this move. Because I know a large part of this move is going to be young people. And they need, they need help. They need moms and dads to come alongside them, not judge them but love on them, teach them, instruct them, disciple them. We were just with a young lady that went back to one of the schools that was having these service, having these 24-7 times going on. And they, they, they closed down those services and they adjusted it so they could do it in a different way. And she was talking to the student body, no, student pastor, the pastor of of the students of that university. And he said, one of the thing, one of the reasons we had to shift it is because there weren't enough mothers and fathers in the house. Well, we got a lot of mothers and fathers in this house. What's missing out of the seats is all that generation, but they're coming. And we get to mother and father them. It's all or nothing. So, if what Deb shared about a whole heart hits you, and you say, God, I, I need a whole heart. I don't know if it's a wounded heart. I don't know if it's a hurt heart. I don't know if it's a damaged heart. I don't know if it's just a divided heart, but God create in me, as David said, a clean heart. Create in me a whole heart. And that's you, I want you to just stand and say, yeah, I want a whole heart, God. I want to be wholehearted. Wholehearted in what you're calling. Wholehearted in this move of God or whatever you want to do in our family, in our home, in our marriage. Give me a whole heart for my family, for for my husband, for my wife, for my children, for my mom, for my dad. A whole heart. Give me a whole heart. God, we pray that we ask that. So I can't ask it for you. You got to ask it for yourself, so... Take the time right now to ask that of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, heal our heart. Heal my heart. Bring my heart to wholeness. Holy, running after you. Running after you. Not running after the things. Not running after the, the manifestations. Not, but running after you. Wholehearted. Like that runner that everything in his body, in his mind... And his emotions is aimed at one thing. God, give us that kind of heart towards you today. Make us wholehearted, 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 wholehearted. Lord, as Paul prayed, 
that you would fill us with all the fullness of God. (laughs) Fill us with all your fullness. We know we have you, but fill us with your fullness. Let it push out everything in us that does not match with heaven. Let it push out everything that does not match with the kingdom of God, that doesn't match with your character, who you are. Let your glory so fill us, it pushes everything out that does not belong in your children. Wholehearted. Wholehearted. Lord, we pray for the churches of this community. We pray that you release your glory. Release your glory. In every church that declares your name. Release your glory that doesn't even know how to declare your name. In those places, release your glory there. Release your glory in every single church in this community. And we will say amen to it. We will say amen to whatever you do there. We also have our hand up, Lord, saying, choose us, choose us, choose us, choose us. Let's all stand and sing this this song.
the night as the Lord was speaking a variety of things to me the message that came through over and over and again as I would have this thought, this question this need to know something in order to move forward 
and he would answer and respond to me. The thing that came clear through it all was that he gets us and he knows us and he has us. He has us. He has us. He's worthy, isn't he? He's he's trustworthy. We can push all our chips to the middle of the table and bet on him. Once again. Once again. And listen, you can, you can, if you need to go, I think there's, is there lunch over today? Yeah. Over, anyone wants to join people, everybody for lunch today, you're welcome. Stay right around these altars. Ministry team, if you wouldn't mind just going a little bit longer, just fill in as you, as you feel, you know, and just leave these altars available. There's such an invitation in the house today to find a fresh place in God. To step into new dimensions of His glory. It's like sometimes we, we, we are waiting for God to do something when He's waiting for us to move towards Him. So we just leave this open for you to move towards Him if you want to, if you need to leave. That's how we understand love having you in the house today but don't leave one moment too soon (laughs) God bless you love you much altars are open
There's nothing like your presence.